Hey there, fans of brotherly love wrestling. It is I, Vic Delicious. Philly's own, the Mecca here. It is the real McCoy, J.D. Axe, Justin D. Xavier. It's your man, C.D., the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old friend, R.J. City. Hey there, brotherly love wrestling. Bill Carr here. Hey everyone, this is two-time guest Wheeler Yuta. Two bozos from Philadelphia flapping their gums about pro wrestling this, pro wrestling that. Which is not that unique in the grand scheme of things yet. You are in for a treat because you're tuned in to Brotherly Love Wrestling. Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on our show today, uh, a man that really needs no introduction. He is a Hall of Famer, a multiple, multiple-time tag team champion. And he is from the Rock and Roll Express, Mr. Ricky Morton. Ricky, thank you so much for coming on our show. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be on. Like I said, we, Kerry and I, and have been on the road. And Robert and I, when I'm not on the road with him, I'm with Robert. So I never... I'll never stop. You understand me? We uh, we're down at Boca Raton, and we're headed off to uh, pay per view this weekend for NWA. So, uh, looking that, forward to that. Does that sound crazy? Coming from your mouth, does that does that sound crazy? Like going to a pay per view, wrestling on a pay per view for the NWA in the year whatever year two thousand and twenty two. Hey, it's my whole life is crazy, dude. I'm not bullshit. Yeah. I uh, I never imagined, uh, but you got to understand. I'm you know I'm a second generation wrestler, and now you know being with my son, which is third. And when you talk to me now, you know I'm trying to get my bearings here together. But uh, that's all right. We uh, I love this business, and that's nothing. And I'm just going to let me get myself fired up here. No, I love this business, dude. And, and no, I never thought that. Uh, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I work out every day. You notice my shirt here. It says kind of fit, kind of fat. But, uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple of those, too. I got those same shirts. They're the best. <laughs> yes. And, and it's cool. But uh, I, uh, you know, I, no, yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, the, the trip that that I had for 40 years with Robert. And now it's it's never ending. But what can I say, dude? I mean, uh, I'm happy. Uh, at this point in time, I make more money than I ever made in my life. And and it, which y'all might not understand that. I'm mean, I worked the territory companies, and where the promoters got the first count, never had a contract. So, uh, uh, and I'm happy about that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so forty years in re- forty years. In any business is fucking incredible. Oh, I've been wrestling longer than that, dude. You know, I'm for 66. I started wrestling when I was 16 years old. That's right, 50, so 50, years. 50 years. 50 years. 50 yes. years in any industry yes. is absolutely insane. 
Yeah. Like you've seen, you've literally seen it all. You had to have. You've had to have seen pretty much anything there you could possibly see in wrestling. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that too because people ask me all, and they don't understand. See, in our today's world, the only problem that I see in the wrestling business is the guys these days don't understand it. But if you understand our business, it's it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, you could go forever if you. And another thing, if I have people that can work, but you know, yes, I've seen this business change and change and change. And if you don't change with it, your ass will be left behind. I wouldn't be here right now, you know, sitting here talking to you about it. I, I love this business. I love working with younger kids. I love teaching them the business. I love setting them down and trying to make them understand what our business is about. You know, for instance, say, God, Ricky Morton, you did a, Canadian destroyer and all the guy I gave it to did the son of a bitch. You know, it's it's working <laughs> together. It, it's understanding our business. It's not me, uh, and it's like that and everything. And and in the territories, you know, it's different. And and I do this all the time. You put heat on your heels, and you always draw money. And it, it, I think it'll work that way again too. Uh, he's I go to a lot of places of work and. I know I'm jumping from limb to limb, but I don't like the wind. You see, a baby face, people pay to see your baby face wins and your heel just screws it. I'll, you know, and then you come back next week with a match where he can't screw you that way, but he does it the other way. And you keep your heat on your heels, you're always draw money, especially on the independent circuit. Uh, you know, I call it the Southern Tennessee wrestling, but it works. And, I, I enjoy what I do, man. It's hard to explain, really. It's, uh, it's not really that hard to explain because I don't think that's just territories. I think that people will pay money no matter what to see a bad guy lose, a real heel lose. They want to see someone who can draw heat, so to speak, lose. They yes, want to see the, that over-the-top baby. They want to see the hero win. It's always that. And, you, and I see that. Always. But see, the guys these days, they don't know how to keep it. You know, they put the heat on the referee. They don't put the heat on themselves. And, and it happens all the time, and I see it all the time. And and sometimes trying to explain it to them is like talking about wall right there. They don't understand a damn thing. You know, they're worried about and, – and, and I see they go through a lot of trends. You know, where the guys work here, and now you you watch your matches these days. Um, they'll be working a match, and they got the neck – I'll call it the neck spot face. You know, they're – they're, they, you know, instead of, of selling what they're doing, instead, man, I told Vince, my man, I, I was busy tonight on Monday night. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> but uh, let's get this going again. Go ahead, man. So, I mean, I know what you're saying with the whole next spot face, and it, yes. it seems like less of a storytelling for the majority of the business, so to speak, and more of a, let's get the crowd going. Let's make them pop. And you know, we'll see. And I'm, I'll cut you off here. That's okay. So you're right. It's your show. We're just hosting. You know, I'm 66 years old. If I don't hit right now, I'll forget about it in five that's, minutes. That's you know, and the reason me. why my wife, she sent me, I couldn't remember shit, you know, and I, and I went to the doctor. They run some tests on me and he, he comes out, you know, I'm kayfabe, got my hair up. He goes, uh, do you play football? <laughs> I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I 
said, no, I'm a professional wrestler. I said, man, you had about 27 concussions. He said, damn, I'm just good that you even remember your name. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I have, but I, you know, it's just over the years of working hard. Uh, but to get back to what I was saying is nobody sits down and try, they're just worried about their spots. They don't understand how to tell a story in a match. You know, uh, I've been in the ring with the guys of the night and the people are hollering and they keep trying to lock up with me. I said, dude, listen, listen to this crowd. You can't hear a fucking thing in this building. Rock and roll. And, and you're trying to lock up with me. I have, we lock up, people go down. And I never could make him understand that. And, and it's like in the, you know, everybody's worried about their spots. You know, you, you know, in the dressing room. Hell, you get up and go piss, you got to duck three clothes lines, reverse like hip toss, and because they're going over their goddamn matches. And it's everything is just, you know, high spot number one, high spot number two, high spot number three. And they never stop to think how to put it into their match and tell a story and work. See, the match is working to me. It's like a Broadway show. You do the show for the finish. You know what I'm saying? But now the finish, I mean, yeah, I see they shoot a lot of cannons, run over with cars, and they beat them with a small package. That's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to, hard to cope a lot of times. Are there are there any guys that stick out to you in the business today that you look at and you go, see, they're doing it right? At least this guy who's a young guy who, who's doing it right, you can see him putting it together the right way and putting matches together like that. Are there specific few that you may look at and see that? Yeah, I see that. But but you see, what when I see that, the promotion won't let them do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys that know how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, just to name them off names, but but the company's looking for something more. You you hear me? Uh, it's uh, it's confusing sometimes to try to explain, especially me coming from what I did. I you know I worked the territories where you told stories and you came back to the same town every week. You know you wasn't on uh, social media. You know, they didn't have social media. Thank fucking God. But they. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I got you. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, like Philly. And and understand me, the, the guys, because this really sets out to me in Philly. You know, Philly is the number one heel town in the world. I mean, I don't know you guys, but. The fans don't even like ice cream. They hate every fucking <laughs> and, and then when you get there, you know, and what and what I really liked about this is, uh, and I got one of the greatest educations in the world. Uh, to me, I think the greatest world champion ever was Ric Flair. And it's not what he did. Well, it is what he did, but it's not that. You know, Rick, if you come to watch Rick wrestle, he, hey, he gave you your money's worth. Give a fuck. He didn't go out there and go 10 minutes, bro. I mean, if you didn't go an hour time limit with him, you know, bro, you went 58 minutes in your match. And I had the opportunity to shoot a great angle with him that, listen, that it, we done it on our own. Uh, I was there. You know, Magnum TA got in a car wreck, uh, paralyzed himself. You know, they were grooming him for the world title. 
Now here I'm in the opportunity there, and it, it wasn't even about me. It was Dusty them, but Flair see me. I was uh, Robert got hurt, and I worked a single match. And Flair just came back and said, "Fuck, I want to work with you." And and it, it's like you you remember on TBS, I walk out and and he's got the bra and he's I slap him and all that shit. See, yeah. none of that's planned. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They didn't have that on the script and plan. We just went out and just done it. You understand it? This happened that way. Uh, a lot of our stuff are like that. Uh, but I was saying with Rick, you know, here we are, Philadelphia coming out. We're going to our time limit at the old Civic Center downtown or wherever that building was. But it was the greatest wrestling building in the world, that old son of a bitch. And the <laughs> in it. But, you know, uh, you know, here I, you know, I go to the ring first, you know, because Flair, they play my music. Brother, I come out door and I'm everything but a human being. You hear me? <laughs> Fuck you, uh, throwing shit. And, and, and then here comes Flair out. Now, you, the, and watch this. This is what the guys in our business don't know and don't understand. Here comes Flair out, man. These people are losing their mind, you know. Good. Bah, bah, bah. Now, we, we're supposed to do an hour time limit. Now, 10 minutes of that match, Rick has already changed 50% of the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, 15 minutes of that match. This is a work of art to sit and watch somebody do this. And uh, 15 minutes in this match, they're coming through the ring. They done pushed the guardrails up. They're, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm not shitting you. I mean, I'm the bad. They're hating him, you know, Ric Flair, dude. I mean, and it's not the part that he's doing that. He's just knowing how to work, mm-hmm. knowing what he's doing and, and understanding. I mean, this is what I'm saying. And, and people, you know, I know you got your world champions today and you got this. But see, this is things they don't understand or have a clue what I'm talking about because it's not. A, nowadays, it's about me. You, you see what I'm saying? Then it was about the match because we had to do this. Uh, they pushed the guardrail to Arn Anderson came down to the ring. Robert had to come down and get there. And uh, Rick told me, he said, now I'll throw you on the top rope. I said, EQ, <laughs> let on your feet on an apron, go up the top turbo. That way the people will see me. You understand? They, mm-hmm. they got their eye on me. And fuck, he eased out that fucking ring, bro. Back to the back because they was going to kill him. Uh, <laughs> they did several times, you know, to do that, uh, to, to watch. You know, it's a different time, different place. You know, nowadays, everybody in the world, you fucking meet some wrestlers, they say they are. You know, they come up and give you that, that gimmick handshake. What the fuck are you doing? Get away from me. You know? <laughs> and, yeah, and it is, you know. Uh, but nobody understands how to tell that story, how to take your time. It, uh, you know, I'm a baby face and I go to the ring and I, I work a lot of independence story. You, you notice today, uh, the bell ring first match, they got their fist up. <laughs> I mean, or they're hitting the damn ropes. They don't even lock up and they're getting ready to go. But watch me in my younger days when I work. I still do it now, but I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm 66 years old. I tell a story before I even ball my fist up. And a lot of guys don't, you know, they don't even get it. 
you see what I'm saying? It's not that he has to do something two or three times to to draw my fist up, but I still haven't. I hadn't even heard it, hit him with it yet. You see, that's for later on because you know I either I do something where I go to hit him, the referee and grab my arm, so I can't do it. And it's anticipation, prolonging it, man. Yes, man. And to get that, yes. So I did have a question, and you're kind of answering it as we're going, but I wanted to get a concrete answer. Like, what from wrestling then do you wish was still happening now? Like, what what do you wish never left? Like, what do you wish in wrestling that hadn't changed? What I what I wish is, uh, and, and, and it's hard because I'm not here to insult anybody's intelligence. No, that's fine. But you know the secrecy of our business. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus, and I mean, listen. You go, to, you go to the dressing rooms, and you go in the back, and here's the guys sitting in the back. They go, you know, and it's the lady sitting there, and I go introduce myself because I think she's a lady wrestler. Well, it's his fucking girlfriend. He got her in the dressing room with him. I said, "What's she back here for?" <laughs> you know, and it's just a man's dressing room. You know, my wife's been with me forever on the road. She's a, she's never been in the dressing room. You know, she never. I mean. Uh, that was our place. Uh, the, you know, the kayfabe, and I, I love the kayfabe, man. You know, it's a secret of our business. And it, like I was working with you, you know, and the public, I would, you, you'd never see me talking to you. I talked to you in the back, uh, even in front of the, the boys. <laughs> it's just the way it is. I wait till I get to the back and, you know, and tell the, and just learn, respect our business. Like I was totally telling you that your people walk up to you. They think they know. See, a lot of people in our business think they know, but they don't really know shit. They don't know nothing about our business. And if you guys work and you've worked around and you've been around, you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still from those who, and I'll like that. And don't get me wrong, I change with the business. I mean, I could... I never got a chance to work for the companies, but I worked for NWA. Dude, the I hell have a lot company? Of I have a wrestling school that comes show that comes on every Sunday. It's it used to School of Morton, but now it's somebody hacked it. I had to change it to SOM School of Morton, but SOM five hundred five. And and go on and, and see sometimes when I have kids on there, I have, and it's not the point. Some people say, well. Well, that match wasn't that good. I said, it's a wrestling school, dumbass. You know, it's not, they're, they're learning, you know, and everybody that works there, the commentators, the camera people, they're all from a school. And and they learn everything. And you put this stuff together. Uh, yesterday, down in the Boca Raton, and I was, they're putting a ring up. You know, you got 100 guys around there, and there's two guys putting a ring up. You see, in my day, no, bro. It was shit. You put the ring up. I, and that's one thing I like that I respected about NXT when I went down to their place. You know, when they run their shows, mm-hmm. everybody that's on that show, dude, when that truck, you got to be there when that truck backs up. And it's like an assembly line, dude. When that truck backs up, everybody, look here. They set this whole building up, curtains around, like, and then. And I remember I was there when Ricochet was there. He's the main event. You know, the match is over. Boom. He rolls out on the floor. Look here. And everybody comes out. 
take the son of a bitch right down and go. Then you respect their business. When you stop and uh, and don't, because we're all the same. See, a good, you know, Ric Flair couldn't be Ric Flair. Or I couldn't have been Ricky Morton. And if it wasn't for everybody in the business, even, you know, some of the greatest work. Another thing, too, uh, at our time, all the guys could work. Even the job boys. The job boys are some of the greatest workers in the world. Uh, that's what made you who you are. And I respected those guys like that because uh, they were they were great. They needed, they needed a job. They, they made you look they good. Huh? They made you look good. That was their job. Damn right they did. They made, didn't they... stop to think about this. You know, it's like in NWA uh, not long ago. You know, this guys, man, we're doing this tag team match and we're, we're working with these guys and uh, – you think we should go out and just eat them up? And I looked at him and went, dude, what you got to understand is this is our business. If you go out there with these guys and you make these guys, listen to me, when the match is over, you beat somebody. What are you going to go? See, and if you go out there and just beat the shit out of somebody for 15 minutes, really, you're making them tougher than you are because it's taking you 15 minutes to whoop their goddamn ass and, you, and you're doing everything in the world to them. You know, and they, they're still kicking out on every high spot you're doing. You know, this didn't understand it. And I always talk that. That's the way I, uh, you know, I go out and make my opponent I, uh, to have a good match with them. You know, and, and I don't like it like he was telling you earlier. I, you know, like GCW, when I first went there, I'm working with Effie. And, uh, you know, he, he we sat down, he says, well, I want to do a, how can you beat me tonight? And, and I looked at him. I said, what, what do you mean me beat you? He said, well, they want you over. I says, no. You know, I said, no, buddy. If I beat you, I can't wrestle you no more. You know. And listen, and I put, and he says, I never thought about it like that. I said, I do, buddy. I do this for a living. <laughs> and I've wrestled him a hundred times since then. RGCW, you see? It still works. Everywhere you go, it still works. And that's the way I like to do it. You know, you got to keep, you know, especially when you have your little, your, your shows that where you have a companies, all of them are companies, but you, you know, I don't go there and beat their top hill. Hell, I, I won't be their next show. I'm there to put that top hill over for their baby face. They getting ready for them to work, to work with it. You, you see what I'm saying? And nowadays it's not that. It's about getting my spots in. I gotta win. I gotta do this right here. And I can't put up that shit, buddy. I, that's that's not this. We're in a business. And that, that's the way it goes. I haven't and like I said, I'm getting my opportunity to do a little bit in the back. Because what I'm teaching these guys is things they never even had a clue about. And and they they're learning this. Jesus Christ, this works a lot better. And, and I do a lot of seminars. And uh, when I do this, some of these guys, and a lot of guys, you know, uh, that I've seen in NXT and that I've seen in Impact, you know, everybody, you know, they're still out there. And they stop and they ask, I never even thought about that. You know, and it's like a big guy. I, said, I met a guy yesterday, God, he had to be seven, two. <laughs> you know, he's wrestling down there. And I was trying to tell him, I says, man, you're, you're a big guy, but we're in a business. And I said, go back. And, and I got to say this for Kevin Nash. You know, Kevin was a big guy, but he knew how to work. You know, I used to work with him every night. 
years ago when he was Vinny Vegas and all them, and I taught him, but he, he was so good. You know, Kevin was. He still is if he wanted to be because he knew how to put his opponent over. You know, and, and I sorry about what happened to him. His, you know, his son got him. Yeah. I had nobody heard from him, but I, I don't know. And it's, uh, he'll let people know when he wants to. I, I like Kevin. But see, that's, but that's what I'm talking about. So uh, you were talking about your seminars, talking about training young talent. Uh, I do have a question for you. If you could go back to the young Ricky Morton, mm -hmm. what is there a piece of advice you would give your young self starting out now with all the knowledge you have that maybe you could have benefited you in the very beginning? Uh, good question. Let's sit here and think. Uh, it just <laughs> just understanding the business you yeah. know uh, i'm sorry guys i got the coffin uh, go You're ahead good. refresh me what we're talking about so i asked if uh you could go back and and give yourself as a young man starting out in the wrestling business uh advice from your head now the knowledge that you have now what, what would that be oh i would uh i would train a lot more uh, <laughs> okay. you know i yes you know nowadays is it is it's showmanship you, you everybody's got a part for everything but our in our business, it, it's so so high strung in the ring that if you, I mean, if you're not an athlete, brother, you're not going to make it two minutes in a match. Uh, and I'm serious. That mm -hmm. uh, uh, a lot of guys do that, but for me doing that, you know, I worked out. I'm not a bodybuilder. You know, I'm 66. I'll be in the gym four or five o'clock in the morning. Promise you, I will. But I, I do cardio. It's stuff for me. Look at me, man. My hands are all broke. Uh, but really, it's just taking your time mm -hmm. and learning. I, you know, like nowadays, the guys they they expect to work on top in two weeks. Uh, that's not happening. You got to take your time. And, and a lot of the big companies they do take their time with the guys. I like that. They make them learn and make them uh, appreciate what they're getting to. But being who I am, you know, it's it's hard for me to answer that question, to tell you the truth, mm -hmm. because I, I, I loved the way I broke into business and what I did because you had territories, you know, and it was a lot of work. But I, and I, it, it wasn't every guy you meet was a professional wrestler. All right. So I got I got one for you. Wait, I lost it. Shit. <laughs> Oh, you like me now, huh? <laughs> He's always like that. I'm he, always he don't like need that. to be 66 years old no, to forget I that. I always fucking do that. Oh, bro, I'm telling you, I'm on a 45-second delay, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need more than 45 seconds. <laughs> I got you. I'm here with you, bud. <sighs> That's okay. I got one while you think. All right, thank you. So what drew you to tag team wrestling? Uh, I mean, you oh, have, this is great. Yes. You have My guys dad, that, that just want to be one-on-one, -on -one, just want the spotlight on them. Uh, no, no, tag no. team wrestling for you, what what made it happen? Well, working territories, and one thing to understand about this, I, you know, really, I like ter territories, but I hated them. See, because uh, unless you owned it or you the booker, you know, you had about as much chance as a snowball hill working on top. They pushed themselves. And I'm serious. Uh, but my dad was the second, you know, he, you know, he refereed in Memphis and see your main events, 
is going to be your booker. I'm I'm serious. Or the guy on the territory. And that happens every time. Uh, but you see your semi-main event was tag team wrestling. And my dad told me, he says, uh, if you, uh, oh, you need to find you a tag team partner. And, I, you know, I had a lot of them. And, you know, it was accidentally that uh, I got with Robert. And because uh, a lot of people just asked me, with my first partner in the wrestling business, was a guy named Sonny King, uh, big guy out of Florida. Uh, he taught me how to, you know, how to, how to have that fire and come back. Then it me and Eddie Gilbert, but I kept looking for that. Then I met a guy named Ken Lucas. Now, I don't know if you know Ken Lucas, if you had, you need to look him up because I have people ask me all the time or say something like Ricky Morton, you, Ricky Steamboat, Sean Michaels, y'all were the greatest baby faces in our business. No, 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 bro. We didn't have a fucking chance. Ken Lucas was the greatest baby face ever. And he taught me how to be that baby face. He taught me how to tell that story, that match and how, and see that if you want to get over this business, learn how to sell. Now, Hulk Hogan wasn't the greatest worker in the business, but what was Hulk Hogan's thing? They beat him down. And he hulk up, hulk back up. That was it. Yep. You know, it was all over in eight or nine minutes. But that that was, that. you see what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The crowd then, boos, 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 and then yes. they explode and cheer. Oh, yes. Now, I met... Ken Lucas and met him went to work at territories. Matter of fact, uh, uh, we went to San Antonio, Texas, where Joe Blanchard, which is Tully Blanchard's dad. Oh. And see, they were see Tully and, and Gino Hernandez were the top tag team there. And and then we was coming in, and they had other people that was there, but something with me and Kenny really clicked there because Tully liked that young baby face. You hear me? And Kenny was that older, good-looking guy that had that fire, and he was a that mean guy that I give that hot tag to. Holy shit! And keep that comeback going, and we really did good business there. Uh, and then uh, at the time, see, in this business you can't fight City Hall. Uh, you know, pencils a hell of a lot mightier than the sword. <laughs> In, in territories, and I watched this happen. I seen another tag team, Stan Lane and Steve Kern, the fabulous ones. They were in Memphis trying to buck Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Didn't happen, bro. <laughs> See, I left there. Me and Robert, we were second fiddle to the fabulous ones there when we first got together. But see, the reason that happened is Ben, Ken Lucas were doing good, and our business has been at the right place at the right time. Jerry Lawler. See, Jerry Jarrett owned half the territory in Memphis, and Jerry Lawler owned the other half. The Fabulous Ones was Jerry Jarrett's tag team. Uh, the, after Jackie Fargo and them, I don't know if you know these guys, but in our wrestling history down south, well, they was, and by the way, it was over. But you can't try to get rid of the get one of the owners, and they did. They tried to buck him, and, and they got to the point where, they thought they and, and they did. It was over, but you can't walk in the door at eight o'clock. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right during the matches, 
when the matches are going on with your fur coats on and stuff. I mean, the people are going nuts. But then you, I got to see it all. These guys here, they're trying. So, so me and Robert were second fiddle to them. We left to go. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me stop this again. Because I left earlier with Kim Lucas to go, and that's when the fabulous ones were there. And uh, they, uh, the reason me and Robert, Jerry Lawler was looking for a tag team, for his tag team, because he was going opposition to Jerry Jarrett. Uh, so he come to San Antonio. Jerry Lawler did talk to me, so I'm going to tell you, Robert Gibson. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but we got, I'm going to bring you in there, and I'm going to go opposition to Jerry Jarrett. You know, that's home for me. I said, fuck, I'll come back home to Tennessee, be with my dad again, and they put us together. And, I, and, and listen, I'm telling things, is, you don't know. I mean, we're just there. This just happens at the spur of the moment. They put me and Robert together, and, and we're looking for a gimmick, and I'm going through these magazines, David Lee Roth, and on. I love this shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I play music, and, and I'm into this shit. So we're trying to get us a name. And me, Lawler, and Robert went to a flea market. We bought bandanas, goddamn feathers, and <laughs> the craziest shit. And we didn't have a name. And we're sitting there. Before we go out on TV, we don't even have a name. And, you know, it's Ricky, Robert, Arnor, Royce, Royce, and Jimmy Hart looks at Jerry Lawler and goes, why don't we call him the Rock and Roll Express? And Jerry Lawler looked at Jimmy Hart and said, that's the worst name I ever heard. <laughs> but we but we got to have one. We go with it. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and, and it clicked. But see, Robert was with his brother, Ricky, as a tag team. Mm-hmm. So Robert was a good tag team wrestler, and we just – but I've known Robert forever, you know. We grew up in the business, and it just clicked. I mean, it just clicked. And even when we were in Memphis, uh, the fabulous ones hated us. They didn't want to be on the shows with us. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I mean, Robert worked the spot shows, and they did the – because they couldn't follow our shit, but I'm telling you, we had our <laughs> shit down. You know, they were the good-looking guys and the muscle guys, but we had our shit down. And, and when it went to territory, see, it, being at the right place at the right time while I'm getting back to it, was Bill Watts, the young Mid-South. He was a top dog, dude. And 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 you got to stop. He And he only liked big people. I mean, you had to be 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, and when... He was getting ready to retire, but he come to Memphis because they, they happened. That's when Vince McMahon started going into everybody's back doors. This is probably for you guys were born, but I'm just telling you. And so all the promoters got together to uh, to run a big show opposition and film it against Vince, and we were in Memphis wrestling with other underneath guys. And Eddie Graham was there and Bill Watts. You know, we, you had uh, the Crockett's come in and it's been a lot of shit, Dusty and all them. But we went out, put put a team over and we come back 
and they're having a meeting. And I'll never forget this, brother. This is cool. He's, and he goes, uh, Eddie Graham spit up. He says, guys, I know all you brought your talent in here. Uh, and you had your fabulous ones and you had Tony Atlas and all them right there. He said, but I watched the matches. He said, those kids over there, the Rock and Roll Express, I don't, what's your name anyway? He said, them boys right there know how to work. <laughs> y'all, y'all putting your money on these other people, you know, and they all looked at the, like him, like he had a turd on his head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then Bill Watts, he's looking for something different, dude. Listen, and then you're going to understand what I'm talking about here in a minute, because he uses only big guys. You're in a territory and, and you use it only what kind of wrestling fans you think you're drawing. You see just a few certain ones, you know, because see, when you're a top baby face, you got to a top heel. This is how our business works. See, after you beat the top heel and the blow off with well, that top heel, you got to turn baby face to bring another heel in for that heel can beat that baby face. And then he wrestled Bill Watts. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's a change. go. Yes. And who do you think the top baby face was? When Robert and I went into Louisiana, Abdullah the fucking butcher. He was the now, top baby face. He was, yeah, he was the top baby face because he was, you know, he built, he done Bill doesn't beat him, but now he's got to get ready for this other heel to come in. Now you you go to the matches, and what do you think, dude? They showed him videos from me and Robert from Memphis that we're coming in there, and they never seen nothing like that, dude. We was instantly rock stars. You see, and that, that's what we went on to to North Carolina. Our first, they showed those videos of us for a month in Memphis, working, and we're flying all around and doing this shit. Our first night in was in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I hadn't been there before. Uh, I get there, and it's people, and the news lady come up to me, and she's asking me what. Who are the Rock and Roll Express? What are y'all doing? And I'm, and I'm talking to her, and I'm, and I'm trying to get a question. I mean, what are you asking me for this for? She said, they've been camping out here for a week to buy tickets. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We went from every small building to every big building. You could even to the Superdome in New Orleans. But, okay. But... And work it, but see, it, it wasn't us. They they did. Bill Dundee was a booker, and he wouldn't let Bill Dundee work because Bill couldn't push himself. Okay, <laughs> I'm serious. This is Bill Watts now. We all American boys, so what do they did, they bring us right in, and we do an angle with uh, like the Russians, like we did in North Carolina. It was Ivan and and Barry Dorso and Nikita, but in Louisiana it was Barry Dorso. He was there, but he was with Nikolai Bokov. And they did the Russian thing, and do we worked a little angle with them and and beat them, and these people went ape shit. Uh, I mean, it's just a business exploded. Uh, and then at the same time, you got the Midnight Express, and Bill's over here. Get see, we're over here, and they're over here beating everybody. Matter of fact, Johnny Walker and Magnum TA were the top babyface tag team before us. You see what I'm saying? But they and they come right in and beat them right on TV. You see what I'm saying? 
and then Cornette come out and they did the gimmick with us. Holy shit! You see it? it what? It, see, it's not me. It's all everybody in that territory. See, that's what our business is missing. Is everybody in that territory work for this? It sounds like what you're saying. A lot of storytelling, a lot of building everywhere. Yeah, but buddy, I watched Jimmy Cornette get his ass beat so many times (laughs) that he learned how to fight. You know, I'm not well. He learned how to protect himself. I mean, this dude, you been right. I mean, see, you never experienced this stuff like this. Uh, And this was every night. You know, we didn't wrestle three times a week. I mean, you were New Orleans every Monday night. Uh, you know, Shreveport, Louisiana on Tuesday, Baton Rouge on Wednesday. And then, you you know, and every other weekend we go to Texas and Oklahoma, but every, somewhere every night. And what was really like, like this, Bill Watts told me, Robert and I were there for two years, and it was still on fire when we, uh, he, he told me, he says, I, I, I owned my territory for 14 years. I made more money. In two years, where well, y'all were here, then I made the whole time I owned my territory. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Well, he made millions, buddy. Um, but you got to understand, yeah, they get the first count. Uh, tickets were a lot different back then. You know, man, let's go back and look at the Memphis with Jerry Lawler and all that. You know, ringside seats, $5. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And, uh, I wish we can go back to those times. <laughs> well, but yeah, but, but you you're see, talking about ringside seats like five hundred dollars now. <laughs> oh, dude, if you're lucky, yeah, a real big show. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, real big show. You're spending like oh, three yeah. grand. I think the the Ric Flair's last. Yeah, they were three or four grand. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like half the people that were sitting front row was like Bret Hart, Kevin Nash, and <laughs> fucking the well, rest. Of- <laughs> well, that's not, they were there, but that's the ones they brought in. But you, ha- they were on the sign in and stuff. Yeah, but, you know the, what other people you didn't see. I mean, there was Kid Rock sitting there, Steve Tyler sitting there, uh, a lot of the, the the country music people. I mean, it was a lot of celebrities, buddy, that were sitting in that crowd to see this. Uh, now, how but getting it, uh, back to what I'm oh. saying, you see how, how it worked. And then we go, you know, Jimmy Crockett. I didn't know who Jimmy Crockett was. I never met him in my fucking life, dude. Uh, and we're wrestling in the Superdome. Uh, matter of fact, we're we're wrestling. Uh, we're wrestling Ted DiBiase. I believe it was. We did an angle with him. It was him and Doctor Destiny Williams. Muhammad Ali was there that night. The greatest man I ever met in my life. Uh, the greatest man I ever met. Uh, he, but. I, we're in the dressing room. Muhammad Ali is in there, and he didn't put nobody over either. <laughs> you know, watch what you know, he's talking to me. My, I, that's my oldest son. That's forty years old. He was in the floor playing cards, and Muhammad Ali was sitting in the floor playing cards with him. You know, I got pictures of this because you didn't have phones to do videos. But I remember Bill Watts walked in and said, uh, "Hey, I'm the promoter," and he, and he looked up at him. And goes, "You're the one that steals all the money from these people, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he did. He, I, I lost it, man. Like <laughs> uh, when they went out, Jimmy Crockett came up to said, "Man, I heard all I heard is stuff about y'all, and I'm taking over TBS in Atlanta. I worked that. We got Dusty coming in as a booker, uh, and we want to." 
we want heard a lot of things about you. We'd like to give you a chance to come in. And uh, we talked about it, and I thought it was a great move from Ren Robert, in which it turned out to be the greatest move in wrestling history because it's territories. I'm serious. Uh, and right behind us was a Midnight Express. You see what I'm saying? But we go right in and do the same thing with Ivan Cole off of Barry Dorsa. When I beat Ivan with the victory row, our first day on TV, they for the world titles, you know, and Ivan and Barry Dam has beat everybody in the territory, everybody, getting them ready for me and Robert to come in, showing the videos, the same thing. We come in in Shelby, North Carolina. It's a new territory. You know, you pull up at the building and people or 100 people thick getting in the building. It's unbelievable, man. What a time in my life. And, and I'm blessed to be able to do that because it went from there to the Greensboro Coliseum to the Charlotte Coliseum. You know, a guy called me not long ago and asked me if I would work a show. I think MLW or somebody. And don't get me wrong, they the good territory. But he asked me, he says, uh, somebody did to work there and I told him I said I don't want to work the show and they said really I said why I said because I've never been in that building when it didn't sell out oh you see what I'm saying mm -hmm. and I didn't want to I didn't want to go back uh, and I didn't so you were uh, you stop. remember it for how it was when you were there and you don't want to see it any other way no I didn't want to see it any other way uh, I mean and it was but it was like that dude I'm wrestling business you know you you, you go into to uh spot shows that that did 800. I mean, did, back then it wasn't, you know, if you did 300 at a spot show, but dude, they'd be doing six or 7,000 people. We had to go to the football fields and stuff. Dude. I mean, it was the dumbest time in the wrestling business, but don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Ricky Morton did this. No, I didn't. Brother, them, you know, Dusty Rhodes was there doing his thing. And you had his angles going. You had us with the Midnight Express after the Russians. You had Magnum. They were grooming Magnum TA with Tully Blanchard to get him ready to wrestle Ric Flair. This shit was off. I mean, this shit was awesome. You didn't have wrestling on every fucking channel. You know, <laughs> uh, when you drove into Charlotte, that's before the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Panthers. None of that shit was there then. Uh, there's a big billboard. You see it on the interstate going into Charlotte. It was me, Robert, and Ric Flair. Watch every Saturday morning on TV. Badass, badass shit. And Pretty we cool. Were, but listen, but we were rock stars. And uh, that's something I wish that I could go back and understand who I was then. It was, and and that's the reason one of my, my kid, you know, he's a good kid. And I won't let him, they called wanting to talk about signing him, but I won't let him sign until we finish college. Yes. You know, they, he's, uh, he didn't want to be play football and stuff. He didn't want to get, I mean, cause, but I'm, he's eat up with wrestling, eat up with wrestling. Mm -hmm. Since he's a kid, no dude, go through some of the old shit. You see him with me at ringside all the time. I'd come out, he's dressed like me running around the <laughs> ring and he'd get them people going. Uh, but he didn't want to play small high school sports. He didn't want to get hurt. Put Terry's shoulders and knees up to in his senior year. He's lucky as hell. They got him. They got him to try out for uh, cheerleading. Hell, he got a four-year scholarship, fully paid. Uh, 
and I told him you that. And last year they're in, they're in Division Two. Hell, they won the national championship last year. Wow! And that's only going to help them with wrestling. Oh yes, buddy. You know you can you imagine? Uh, you know AJ Styles. A lot of you guys were cheerleaders in in college, uh, but he's uh, but it's great. But I want him because if I was had a great education. I would have figured out, you know, stood the glory that they were fucking me, dude. You know, I'm not shitting you. I mean, my biggest year, and that was just one year in the business, and I never had a cut, was $125,000. Now, don't get me wrong, that was good in 1985. But now these guys make that a match. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was just one, I, and I hadn't made nothing like that. Since then, uh, but it was hard. It, I, it was, and don't get me wrong. I had only person I can blame is myself because I wasn't educated enough to know. And that's one thing I like to tell you know, if you get your education, because it's not only in the wrestling business where they do that, they do that in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that take advantage of your ass, they'll too. use you and then throw you away. Oh, yes, sir. In a heartbeat, you're you only know, as good you, as what you're you know, doing it's just right like now. Look at pro football. I mean, yep. You could be the great. Look at Brady at New England for all them years. Then all of a sudden, he was. How do he you won another people? fucking title. <laughs> yes, gotcha. But 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 understand, that's just what it is. It's what our business is. What it is is what it is. I mean, look at all the guys that they laid off, and I, I'm glad they're bringing them all back because yeah. the ratings are starting to go up. Yeah. And they're they're and they're doing good because they're bringing people back in that know what they're doing and you have something good to see. You know, these yeah. guys know how to, you know, uh, big Luke Gallo and Carl Anderson and all these, they know how to work, you see. And uh and that was good. We all, you know, you beat you know, younger you grew up. If you guys are in a business and if you're in a business a lot, you grow up with guys in the business. They're your friends, you know, me, Robert, Tommy Rich. You know, Terry Taylor, Magnum TA, you know, Stan Lane, Bobby Eaton, Bobby Eaton, the greatest worker in the world, besides Ric Flair. Uh, and this, it's just uh, the way it is, man. I, but I, I love this business. And I do. I mean, I, I know I say that over and over, but I have so much to, uh, to offer this business. And I do, even as right now. Because so, I can go in the back, and, and sometimes I have to watch stuff and explain things to make these matches better. And just because I, I don't want our company to be like the other companies. You, you got to be different. You have and, to be. Yeah, you have to be different. You know, and it's all right. Learn. You know, take your time before you ball your fist up. You know, you don't got to duke him out. I mean, what you going to do after that? I might start to match off and I just take you to the corner and give you a big punch in the nose. What am I going to do at this? What am I supposed to do? Grab a headlock and get, take a tackle? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the word business over and over again. And I finally remembered my question about 10 minutes ago, but how many, how many people, how many wrestlers understand the true word of business? that it's a wrestling business. Like how many do you encounter that actually know that like you're here, you're here to make this 10% of them. 
about 10% that realize yes. that this is a business. You're out to make money yes. and you're out to make the, the longevity. Yes. Oh, yes. And, uh, well, the longevity, if you're not on a contract. See, these guys here are making a lot of money, uh, especially guys at WWE. I mean, brother, they're millionaires. Yeah. yeah. You know, millionaires. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm talking about the guys in the middle, too. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the guys that worked at WWE in the middle 10 years ago that you still see around. You know, all them guys are millionaires. I don't know people really realize that. You know, I, I was trying to explain something to Robert about somebody not long ago, and I'm t- telling him, I said, Robert, I said, don't you understand that these people are millionaires? What are you talking about millionaires? I said, they're millionaires. They got guaranteed money for could you imagine what Jerry Lawler's worth? Dude, I mean, he he's still with WWE. You know, they bring him in. He, you know, he's on contract for all these years. Mm-hmm. No wonder he's got mansions everywhere. You know? <laughs> and, and if you're smart, you know, you you know, a lot of the boys invested their money. But, you know, the, it's, you know, the click when WCW, Eric Bischoff, when he took it over, that's the reason it's there no more. But a lot of them guys signed their own contract. You know, I know some of them, uh, four or five of them. Well, listen to me. It's hard to believe. They went to the mailbox every weekend. And that's after the business shut down because they signed contracts with uh, Ted Turner, not WCW. And he had to pay them. They went to the mailbox every week, probably made a hundred grand every week. And did and were and their contract didn't run out to three years. And, okay, tell me, bro. They couldn't work for nobody else. That's why you didn't see them for three years, three mm-hmm. or four years. Yeah, but they were still they were still collecting money. They didn't need to work. Huh? Rest. They, all they had to do was rest and collect checks. Oh no, it, I mean, but it's all right. But I'm saying. You know, you, you think about that money. I saw reason the damn thing went bankrupt, died too. Yeah. But, you know, there's, and that's what I, you know, and I couldn't get a job there popping popcorn, <laughs> you know, because I don't know. We had our run there before and, and that stuff, and we just didn't fit in. But hell, I'd have put the ring up for a contract. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, hell, I mean, guys make a lot of money. So, uh, you're not going to be at the 2300 Arena for no, I'm not there. I think I'm in uh, decent. Yeah, we, we, wait a minute. Can I go get my book? Yeah, you sure. got, I know. yeah I was just asking somebody, if you're going to be there. Somebody asked me that, too. Yeah, I was wondering. I, I know. Uh, I mean, a lot of times they bring back a lot of a lot of icons, and this oh, is a very big one. Somebody else, uh, James Elworth, called me because he said, I'm going to be there, and he wanted me to work the show the night before. I said, bro, I'm not there. I'm going to do it. All over <laughs> Hey, I'm in Queens, New York that night. Okay. Well, the, the reason the reason I was really asking that was uh because you're in the wrong state. You gotta be in Philly <laughs> that night. Fucking cancel that fucking book. but uh fuck that, Queens. That takes place in twenty three hundred arena, old ECW arena, and you were a well, part yeah, of ECW, of course. Uh, what was it like going from a all the territories and the NWA and this legit old-fashioned style of wrestling to ECW, which is the outlier, the outlaws of wrestling at that point in 96, 95, 96, 97. What was it like going into there? 
Well, you, you got to understand, you know, when I left, well, when they fired my ass, and uh, I went to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we, I was working the territory. Then that's when Cornette went to WWE. And I, and I started, you know, it was ECW, and I liked it because of the boys that were there. But it's not that. It was something new. And it was, that's something new. Because, see, you're talking about ECW and Philly. You know, Philly, even you, you, you never went to ring there and grab the headlock. Them motherfuckers would mm -hmm. throw, throw fucking bricks at your ass. <laughs> you, you understand me? Yes. So, <laughs> that I understand. <laughs> okay, now, you see, this was a prime thing for Philly. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, this is before this, you know, it went out. You know, that's where it started at when I was there. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started going in there. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I... Yeah, I think me and Tommy Rich was there the first night. We, I mostly him and him, him were just solid red blood, you know, and and seeing some of the crazy stuff and the shit flying and the hard cord laying it in shit. Uh, you know, I, I could tell him, I said, dude, I could sell it like you hit me that fucking hard. God damn, you don't got to do that to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> I've been, I, I, I broke into business with stiff people. I told Michael Hayes one night, I said, Mike, tomorrow night when we work, just haul off and hit me hard as you can. And he goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, because your working punch is going to put me in a fucking hospital. You know, <laughs> fuck. God damn, I'd rather <laughs> you hit me hard as you can. It's got to be easier than that son of a bitch. And I'm not kidding you. I, 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 but, you know, it was a perfect place for ECW. Yeah. And it it would have, you know what? It, I don't think it would have been as big as it was if it was in another city. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I agree. It, it, great, fit the, wild, it fit the molds. Yeah. Blood, the, the, the interviews, you know, with, which I done said it too, dropping the F bomb a million times every interview, you know, the fingers, the boom, the snot, the spit, the blood, you know, the barbed wire, the bombs, the knives. <laughs> you know, it was a different throw. It was a different play. It was the the actual attitude of the whole attitude era. Was that was like it. See, now that was the attitude era. Really. Yes. That <laughs> it, it wasn't. Uh, it was. It, it wasn't so much. It was that. It that was a different attitude. That was a. Yes, and you know, and, and, and just think, because you probably I don't know. They should have the wrestling commission in in Philly. They show the commissioners that come and everything. Because I, I don't remember them being there when the last time I was there. I was with New Japan the last time I was there, I think. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah, now they now they're pretty they're pretty strict with the uh Yes, now. that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. uh, they uh you know, with AIDS and hepatitis and all that shit going mm -hmm. around COVID, I thought that you could probably do that no more. Mm -mm. But you gotta understand. This, you know, the old ECW building. Do you remember before it was the way it was now? I do. It's a big difference. Uh, oh, it's, uh, I, I, I swear to God, I did. You this walk in and get syphilis. This ain't ECW building, you know? No, uh, it's, not. it's clean. That. Then they took me and show me where the stage used to come out. Well, they tore it off. The wood's still up in the walls. Yes. And shit. <laughs> yep. sure did. And then you could see on, on the other walls where the wood was where the balconies were at. Mm-hmm. 
it really blew my mind. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those like, oh man, it like it's cool that it's still there, but it's not as cool as it once was. No, it's uh, you know, like they even bought the buildings beside it and made them into things inside there. Yeah, it was, you know, that was a, you know, that was a <laughs> rough part of the fucking area when you first back in then. It was that run that area there. You know, it was mm-hmm. uh, still parts that are still a little rough. But you got to go up a little bit further. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I, I knew. I knew. Yo, know, then, brother, I was all in the hoods, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I would. I know. I I got one more kind of question. I know Larry's got at least one more. Like sure. nostalgia in wrestling, like the whole nostalgia factor. I still fall for the nostalgia factor in wrestling because it brings me back to a, the child, like my yes. my childhood, like. I don't like when it's overdone a lot, but like, how do you feel about like the, how do you feel how it works? Like, how does nostalgia work in wrestling? How do you make it like actually special? Special. Well, now, nowadays I have, I have a lot of problems. Okay. And, and the reason why is because I wrestle for the independent promotions, most of them, except for I go to NWA. Uh, they have 18 fucking matches. You know, they always want me to be last, and I tell them. I, I, and I even do this now, what they call it. But I'm on, I'm on third match, and I don't give a shit. Well, you're the main event. No, I'm the main event be on third. Because <laughs> but when I was talking about the nostalgia, the guys go out, and they do every fucking thing in the world in the first match. And then – you walk back out and watch the second match, and they do the same. They, they had the same fucking match in the same spot. And they go 30, 40 minutes. And that's the reason why to build myself up to what I'm doing, but I can't go on 18th match or 12th match or 10th match to go out to get the people to where I want them. And now, you was asking me, how do I build myself up for a match or what do I? Massage. I don't really get what you're saying to me. So, like, how WWE will bring back these names to just invoke the the jaded fan, the the casual fan, and bring them back so they remember the Attitude Era. They remember guys. They, from yeah, the, okay, I get like you. like that. Basically, how do you make that work without overdoing it? Well, because when I, I go to big companies like that, me and Robert go out, and I don't really work on the shows it's good to come out and say hi to people i don't overdo myself mm-hmm. when i'm there because i know that's not a part for me being there mm-hmm. you know i'm just there that one night just remember me people like me i'm just there for one night now the other guys at them guys they come in and a lot of them got their jobs back they work behind stage uh and that's the only way i can answer that to that way i mean i just uh I just go in and do my shit, bro. I have fun. You know, I grew up in the business. I know all the boys. Yeah. And they know me. I, You know, I, I like to have fun. Uh, I still cut up and have a good time. I still do jokes and have a real – did you see the guy 
I don't know if y'all see. I posted it earlier. The big guy yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the, duck the clothesline. Duck, duck the clothesline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see it, man? The yeah, the the seven two guy you were talking about, right? Yeah, he had his arm out. I didn't have. He just walked walk under. under. <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. And see, I still like to do shit like that. Yeah, that's the sh- that's the shit that but I like, I like to, to watch get with the guys. You know, I, I told you guys, I love this business, and I, I like to get with them. my experience been on the road. You know, I, 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 you know, I can't throw the first stone at nobody, but I, I looked what my business got into and I'm trying to teach my son this, you know, this time it's not the partying. You go and give it everything you got for how long you're going to wrestle in this business. And that's what it is. You know, it's high performance now. Uh, you got to take those hard bumps. You got to do that uh, stuff that you usually wouldn't do in a wrestling match and see now this part is coming to what I'm really trying to get into because guys get hurt. Okay. Now they're getting hurt. Yeah. Okay. But now they're going to the streets trying to get something to take the pain away. You understand this is my big deal. Uh, Guys are dropping over like flies. A lot of people in our business died that you didn't know. And it was from fentanyl. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a big thing then. You see what I'm saying? But it's always been there. That's what they, you know, fake pills and stuff. And they always put it in there. And uh, that's what I'm trying to tell them. Educate yourself, man. You know, I just had a guy at my wrestling school, David Warner. I love David. You know, he was from Jersey. Nice, good-looking kid. And he came into my school, and I, I'm looking at him. I said, David. He said, I might got me some Xanaxes. I said, let me look at one of them. I said, and I got it. And it, I said, David, this ain't real. Said, no, don't take it. And I had that one and I crushed it. An hour later, he's dead, bro. You know, you see what I'm saying? And Jesus. But see, I don't I don't want that to happen mm-hmm. to, to you, you know. You matter. You see? Everybody matters. And I don't want that to happen, you. And that's what I'm talking about, my son, and everything. Educating yourself, knowing what you're doing. Uh, I mean, if it hurts that bad, you know, we go to the doctor. <laughs> you know, I pay insurance. You know, that's why I don't got nothing because the insurance is higher than hell, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on my whole family. So uh, that's my main thing now. And my main thing ain't, I don't. It's working behind the scene, educating the the kids, uh, not only to wrestling, but life in general. Because nowadays, I'm, and, and you stop and think about this, and I'm not being mean, you know, any kids out there with no daddies, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't have nobody to educate them to this. And I, and I know I'm not your daddy, but I want to help you. I, I care, and I care about you. That's That's my whole thing. It's like you guys. I care about you. I mean, I don't know if you really understand that. You look at me and you go, that old bastard, what's he talking about? No, I don't want you to be somebody. I don't want to read about you. You hear me? I want to see you perform. I want to watch, see what you do. See, that's my thing is to watch you and to see what we can change, you know, to make it better for you and not to be the same thing as ever. Like I was telling you earlier, I mean, I go to some of the independent shows and it's 12 matches of the same thing. And by the time I go on last, 
three-fourths of the building has already left. Mm-hmm. They already seen Robert Nikas were selling merchandise. You know, that's good enough because they ain't going to sit through this torture no more. And, and a lot of independent guys out there realize that. You know, sit down in the back. You know, it don't take much. Hey, you know, I do a Canadian destroyer. You know what I'm saying? But I asked everybody, say, hey, guys, in my match tonight, this, I do one spot, Canadian destroyer. Please don't y'all do it. Please. Please <laughs> don't. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the way that shit works, Bob. Go ahead, man. So uh, the last thing I want to leave with is uh, I've asked this a couple times, and with you being the wealth of knowledge and the experience in the business, is there a piece of advice coming up when you first started, or not even when you first started, when maybe when you, it clicked for you, a piece of advice that you got that you carried with you your whole career, that it always rings true, it always comes into your mind? Is there a piece of advice that has helped you your entire career? It, yes. it's uh, and, and like I just telling you, we just went through this whole spiel. But that's it hurt me. That I cared for the boys. I, I cared. And I did. That's why come I'm friends with everybody. You know, I, uh, sw- I another thing I do, I mean, uh, y'all not with me, you don't know. You know, before I leave, I tell everybody I love you because we're our family. And it, it, if you teach, treat it like it's our family. You know, I treat the boys in the dressing room like they're somebody special because when I was coming up in the business, the guy treated, you know, it was different, but they did, they made you feel like somebody. And that's what I did. I try to make people feel like somebody instead of back there in the back, you know, unless you have a problem, you know, <laughs> Hey, I ain't talking about a problem out there. Cause on the independent circuit, but I come in that dressing room. I, don't, I hold no bars. Here. Who's ever shit stinks. Go wash it. You know, <laughs> and, you know, smell like Fritos in the damn dressing room. You know what I'm talking about? So your shit. You know, and I don't like to do that. I, I tell, you know, I, I tell the guys, I said, dude, I just got off work. I said, but it don't, it don't take three minutes to wash your ass. <laughs> I don't want to get in the ring with you and you stink, you know? Yeah. And you've been in the ring with the guy. I mean, he's, he's, I want to walk up with you, bro. I'll tell everybody the building, too. You know, you stink, <laughs> but I I take care of that for you. The bill brings. I just can't. It, it bothers me. We're we're professional performers, and we're meeting the fans, and we're meeting the people. I mean, Jesus Christ, throw your breath, man, in, dude. Mm-hmm. You know your breath smell like sill <laughs> ass or something. God damn. Uh, but I tell you, know, but I help. I tell people to do that shit. You know. Now let me ask you about the mural in the back of y'all. Is that filtered in on your? Yes, it is a green okay. screen behind us. Yes, yes. we're yeah, not sitting. Thinking, we're not sitting you know, up high above Philadelphia. We got a plant behind that. Well, listen, Ricky. Thank you so so well, much. I, I hope that we did what you wanted to do. We accomplished I, a I'm lot. Sorry. Absolutely. I have, I have and, and I apologize. I'm just now. Look, I'm waking up now. I've been on the road for four days, hey. and I just flew in. You know, we and, and when you live in Bristol, you have no straight flights, and it's always delayed. You know, you sit in airports for four or five hours, you, you know, and, and you're on those early bird specials. You know, you have to go out and wake the chickens up and all that shit to come out, you know, four o'clock in the morning at the airports and shit. No, but it's uh, believe but, us. Thank you. We just we appreciate any time you gave us. This was amazing. To say it was no, an honor you. is and, an and, understatement. And I appreciate it because I uh, 
everything that I do when I do stuff like this, I have a wrestling school and I have kids that come from far just to train with me and I, uh, I help them. You see what I'm saying? Some of them will drive from me and I give them gas money and stuff. It's, I don't run a territory. I don't run a show. I, I teach knowledge. And, and it, it, you see, little things like that always mean something. You see? This is where the boys love you guys. You'll have a nice night. Ricky, you, you too. too. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, buddy. Hope, hey, I hope to run into you, man. Absolutely. All right. Hope I do. Have a good night. night. Bye.